So you might be thinking, Daryl, where are you today? Where are you hiding? I'll tell you where I am. I'm upstairs here in my dad's study in his home in Faramir, but he doesn't stay here anymore. He's in heaven with the Lord. My mom stays here. Don't tell her. I've snuck in here to my dad's study. It's nice and warm to share with you. So it's great to be with you this morning. Remember what we've been doing at Freedom, guys. We've been going through a series called Life Lessons in Lockdown for the last couple of weeks. And we've been looking at that guy in the Bible, Peter. That guy who fell all, all over the place. He fell into the water off the boat. He fell asleep when Jesus said, please stay awake and pray with me. And then he was with that soldier and he cut the soldier's ear off and the ear fell down on the floor next to Peter. And, and then Peter fell into temptation when he ended up denying Jesus. He wanted to do things for Jesus. I, I think he was falling into the, the rift of trying to do things and find his identity in what he did for Jesus. But at the end of his life, this guy Peter writes this book to us, 1 and 2 Peter. And, and he says, I've learned how to stand fast. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he says to you and I, this is the grace of God in which you stand. And when I read that again this week, I thought of a lawyer. I was in his office this week in our city. He said to me, Foxy, calls me Foxy, Foxy. He says, I've learned how to stand. He says, I know I've got to stand now and show compassion and show God's love to people. And when we started this series on the 17th of May, we looked at two life lessons that Peter was trying to teach us. He, he was trying to teach us life lessons on how to live a holy life. And then the second life lesson we looked at on the 17th of May was how to live a life when you under an unjust government and you've got to submit to that even if you don't agree. But today we're going to look at another two life lessons that, that Peter's trying to teach us. Number one, life lessons in marriage. There we go. And the second life lesson that we want to look at today is Peter's trying to teach us how to live as Christians when we suffer. So let's talk about marriage for a second. You know, it's been quite a thing for me living under my wife's nose for the last couple of weeks in lockdown. You're in each other's space 24-7. And my poor little wife, hey babes, because at certain stages of lockdown, I haven't been able to even ride my bicycle, hey babes. Yeah, she's laughing now. And, and I've had so much testosterone flowing through my veins. I haven't, I've been irritable, hey. Yeah, you can feel sorry for my wife. But she too has her quirks. And so I think of a lot of marriages that have certainly deepened during lockdown. But most definitely for us, we, we've had one or two domestics as well. And maybe you can relate. So let's look about uh, this topic on marriage and, and see what Peter's trying to teach us. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1. It's on the screen, Pete. Thanks for doing that for us, bud. Here we go. Wives. Let's talk about the wives for the first couple of minutes this morning. Wives. Peter says, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. To your own husbands, submit to him, so that any, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. 
Peter says, your beauty, wives, should not come from outward appearance and outward adornments, such as elaborate hairstyles that you've just been to the hairdresser for last week, and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. He's saying, don't worry about that. He says, rather, your beauty should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth. It's of great worth in God's sight. There's some advice that, that Peter's giving the wives here in this book today. I want to highlight just two specific things that he's talking about. Number one, he's saying to the wives, he's saying, your actions, wives, your actions are far more important than your words. Peter's saying that, that if you're a wife and you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian, you're living a, a life as a Christian wife, and you marry to a, a man who is not a believer yet, he says your behavior, wife, can actually change and win over your husband. Your actions, he says, is far much more important than your words. And your husband, as he sees you living a life of purity and reverence in your life, you can win your husband over to Christ. Wives, Peter's saying to you today, your actions, your behavior is powerful. And then the second thing that, that Peter's highlighting to the wives is that inner beauty is far much more beautiful than outer beauty. And the thing is, the, the stereotypes that society's placed on women and men, but we're talking about women today, and these stereotypes play a massive role in how you dress, how you live. Society says that women must look a certain way. And, and so wrinkles are a no-no. Botox is in. Society must says that women look a certain way, certain body parts are highlighted. But Peter's saying to the wives today, he's saying to the ladies and women watching, he says, listen ladies, he says this, develop that inner beauty on the inside, rather than being overly concerned about your outward appearance. Now don't get me wrong, don't get Peter wrong today. Christian women, they can still look beautiful on the outside. There's no need for them to be plain and old-fashioned. And we want to say as a church, if you're battling at the moment, feeling like you're just not fashionable in, in the clothes that you wear and how you portray yourself, zoom in with the rest of the ladies at Freedom tomorrow night, Monday night, 8 o'clock. Because Zoli, one of my teammates, She's incredible. God has given her an amazing gift on how to dress, how to bring out style in, in the clothes that you wear and, and, and how you do your, your, your hair and your makeup. So tomorrow night, ladies, 8 o'clock, zoom in with Zoli. It's going to be special. Husbands, set your wives' cell phones. Remind them for that incredible Zoom meeting with Zoli. But back to what Peter's saying. He's saying outer beauty is not as important as inner beauty on the inside. He speaks about the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. You, you know that that gentle and quiet spirit that he's referring to there is not your spirit. The, the, the Greek there is for the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Make that your focus, wives. Spend time 
cultivating the inner beauty on the inside. I reckon that inside of every single woman watching today, there's a deep desire to be loved, to be accepted by a man. And some of you don't have that. You don't have a man who loves and accepts you and there's this desperate longing to have that. I want to say to you, as what Peter's saying here, he says, make sure, ladies, that the true beauty on the inside shines through and beams through your life to those around you. Instead of looking for the spotlight to shine on you, trust God to light up the lamp on the inside. Because there's an incredible beauty that God's put inside of you on the inside. And through His Holy Spirit, He wants that to reflect in your life. No matter what trials come, you can stand knowing that an inner beauty is far more important, ladies, than the outer beauty that society always talks about. So that's the wives. Let's talk about the men for a second. You're not off the hook here, chum. Let's see what Peter says about the husbands. Verse 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, Peter says, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. What Peter's saying here, friends, is that God is looking for a different kind of husband. God is not interested in husbands who've got big muscles. And if you have got big muscles, that's okay. But God's not interested in that. God's interested in, in different husbands treating their wives differently to the way society does. Husbands who, we, who will be considerate. Husbands who will be gentle. Husbands who will respect their wives. And let me clear up this part where Peter's saying she may be weaker than you are but she is your equal partner what is he talking about there he's not talking and implying that your wife is morally weaker than you and intellectually weaker than you not at all he's merely pointing out the fact that women generally are physically weaker than their husbands now for me i, I don't have massive big puppies but let me tell you something when there's a jar in the kitchen from the fridge that my wife can't open then I'm able to open it. When my battery is flat on the car and we've got to push start the car down the driveway, I get my wife in and I'm able to push start the car, even though I'm not that strong. But, but I'm, I'm stronger physically than, than my wife, even if it's just a little bit. And so you've got to break the stereotype of what society is saying about marriage, guys. Wives, your actions are far much more important than your words don't focus on the outside too much on the outer appearance focus on asking god to light the lamp the beauty on the inside husbands get off your macho bullying type of living just because you've got muscles and you're stronger physically than your wife stop bullying your way around serve your wife and when husbands and wives do marriage like this. Christian marriages, godly marriages, have a marked effect on this society. And oh, how desperately our society needs Christian marriages to look at today.
I think of a man in your church. He phoned me last week and he was sharing with me how he's busy changing his business, how he's opening up another division in his business through lockdown and what's happening in his business. And right at the end of this conversation, I asked him one question. I said to him, what does your wife say about all of this? And he said to me, you know what, my wife and I have made a decision that we don't make any major decisions. We don't change anything drastically in our lives unless we've spoken to each other. I thought, wow, you go, sir. You're on the right track. Another husband in your church shared with me how he's been working from home the last couple of weeks. He was at his desk on his laptop. He had his earphones in his ears. He was busy concentrating. He says, Daryl, out of nowhere, my wife decided to come and sit next to me at my desk and she just started talking. And I'm busy. He says, I'm trying to organize stuff on my laptop for the office. He says, I put my laptop to one side. I took my earphones out my ears and I looked at my wife and she started talking to me. He says, Daryl, she started sharing with me again about a very traumatic experience that she'd been through a couple of years ago. And she starts getting emotional, Daryl. She, she starts telling me, he says, that she's realized during lockdown, Daryl, my wife, he says, hasn't dealt with this process. She's realized she's still got to deal with certain things. He says to me, Daryl, I nearly missed it. But I put my laptop aside, I took my earphones out and I looked at my wife, he says. And she shared with me this deep moment in our marriage. Husbands, take Peter's advice. Because if you do, wives, if you do, if you do take Peter's advice, your marriage will stand firm in God's grace. Even in these challenging times that we live in today the next thing that Peter's trying to teach us the next life lesson that we're going to look at today just quickly is suffering as a Christian how, how do we do that how do we suffer do we suffer as Christians chapter 3 verse 8 it says finally all of you should live in harmony with one another be like-minded be sympathetic love one another be compassionate with one another be humble with one another do not pay evil with evil peter says do not pay insult with insult on the contrary repay evil with blessing because to this you were called what are you and i called to we are called to repay evil with blessing god is saying daryl do you want to stand under my grace, God's asking. Because if you want to stand under God's grace, Daryl, you know what you have to do? You've got to learn how to respond and repay evil with blessing. And I'll tell you what, it's tough. Because I can box with the best. When people insult me, straight away I can come back with another insult straight to them. It's difficult. He says, you were called to repay evil with blessing. Verse 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. I spoke to a man this week for 10 minutes on the phone and we were catching up and he was sharing with me about his job and 
and I know that he's working for a boss who I would say is not, not, not one of the greatest bosses. But throughout this 10 minute conversation with this man, not once, not once did he speak badly or negatively about his ex-boss. I want to say, God is busy dealing with our tongues. Peter and his two mates, James and John, they lived lives with their tongues very loosely. They didn't care much about what they said, but at the end of their lives, they've highlighted in those three books, last three books of the Bible, that we need to learn how to suffer in silence. And the issue of our tongues comes up again and again. Here's one of the ways that, that we suffer in silence. Chapter 4 verse 4. Peter says this. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living. And they heap insults and heap abuse on you. You see these guys have got saved in Acts chapter 2. They've given their lives to Jesus. They're living a different life now. The girls have moved out from the boys. They're no longer sleeping together. You know, this message is for the young adults at Freedom Church to say, Hey guys, you've got two choices. You can either live this reckless, wild, living way of life, or you can decide to live this life. Life with purpose. Life with meaning. And so you're going to come under trial adversity now because you're not sleeping together. You're not going out every Friday night getting smashed. You're going to take abuse. The ESV version says that they have maligned you. They've treated you like cancer. That's incredible, hey? We've got the cure. We're living with Jesus, but they've maligned us. Peter says, don't worry. Don't worry, young person, about the abuse that you're taking and the waves that you're making. Just give yourself to this new way of life so that you may inherit a blessing. Friends, at some stage or another, every single one of us are going to suffer for choosing to live a Christian life, choosing to live on the straight road, choosing to live following Jesus. I want to say sooner or later, we will go through some form of suffering. Being a Christian is not easy. We will suffer. And it's tempting to say, I'm going to overlook this area in my life, Daryl. I'm not going to worry about that, Daryl. Because we're not compromising on anything. We're not compromising on our finances. We're not compromising on our taxes. We're not compromising on our sexuality. Nothing. We're going to suffer for that. But what Peter says in chapter 4, verse 19, he says, When you suffer unjustly, entrust yourself to the Creator, for He will never fail you. Can I ask where you're sitting in your study or your lounge today to say the word Creator? That's who He is. Our Creator. He's not just any God. He's your Heavenly Father. He's the father of Jesus, our savior. And right now, he's busy releasing a creative spirit over you, even as you suffer. He's going to give us creative ideas. Let me tell you about my teammate. Wednesday night, Live Life Group. Busy putting out some questions that we're going to discuss on the Wednesday Live Life Groups. It's been amazing. Please join us. He says to me, 
my bads. He phones me, my bads. He calls me my bads. He says, my bads, you can't share those three questions. And I'm thinking, why not? But he says, because if you share those three questions the way that you've put it, it's going to come across all wrong. You can't do it. And so he sat down with me and in an incredible creative way, he changed the questions and we put them forward to the Wednesday Live Life group. It was incredible. God is busy in my teammate, giving him some creative God-given ideas, business ideas, opportunity, grace, freedom, community, partnerships. I sat with a Greek priest in our city this week. Given his life completely to Jesus, he says, you know, Fox, he says, I think church is going to be done differently after lockdown. Church, he says, is going to be focused completely differently on community. God given creative ideas on how to do church. We're seeing God release incredible creativity in lives, in church, in businesses, in families. Because despite the suffering, despite the challenges, the creator our God behind the scenes is busy working. Read the book of Peter with me, friends. Let's learn from this man who was falling all over the place. But at the end of his life, he learned how to stand firm. He doesn't have to protect himself. He doesn't have to argue. He doesn't have to try and fight back. He's just taking on his role as a husband. He's taking on his role as a citizen. And he's taking on his role in society. Freedom Church, ask the Creator, your Heavenly Father, to give you his creative ideas for your life right now. Stand firm. Stand firm in the grace of God as you live a holy life, as you submit to authority. Stand firm in your Marriages, husbands, ladies, shine the lamp from the inside because it's beautiful. Choose to live a different life. There will be suffering, but it's so worth it, friends, because one day you and I will inherit a blessing in Jesus' name.